0: I'm going to dive in straight to our talk for today and I want to talk to you for the next few minutes on maybe a topic that is usually discussed on uh, Resurrection Sundays or Easter Sundays for some of you as you would know it. Uh, But I know it's not Easter. We we are way past that day. We are way past that week. Uh, But I think there's something very interesting and something really timely that God wants to deposit in your hearts even as we dive into our talk so come on if you're ready if you if you have joined in uh, just now or if you want to invite somebody to watch along with you now is your moment to do that so come on i want you to just get ready prepare your hearts uh, i know we are not meeting physically but i hope that does not interrupt or does not that does not disrupt what God wants to do and is already doing in your life. So come on, if you're ready for the word, I want us to pray and dive in straight to our conversation for this evening. Father, in the name of Jesus, we just want to welcome your presence wherever uh, we are watching this from or listening as well. Father, we pray that your Holy Spirit would lead this conversation your presence would continue to make a difference. And Lord, I pray, God, that your word would come forward with clarity. Take away every distraction that is uh, that would try to steal what you want to do in, in our lives, Lord. In your precious name, we pray. Amen. Amen. And I'm going to be... Taking us on this um, on, on this particular part in the book of Luke, where we're going to be looking at one of the stories after Jesus uh, was was risen from the dead, and we're going to be looking from Luke chapter 24. You know, this story that is mentioned is one of the most peculiar stories around the truth of the resurrection, and you know, Luke does yet another fabulous. A piece when it comes to his writing because he really helps us understand the feelings and the emotions of the people who did life with Jesus. You know, it's like pretty much similar to us. You know, not not all of our days are are the best when we decide. To follow jesus right i mean come on we we hoped that would be the case but in reality it's it's so much different but yet it's an adventurous journey when it comes to believing in christ and following him according to his word and luke right he he like i said he, he kind of points out on these things in such a brilliant way in fact this this story that we're going to be diving into it's not about the super 12 disciples of jesus well uh, by the time uh, Jesus was crucified, it was just 11 of them because Judas had already done his part and uh, he, he, he moved out from the scene. He's no longer in the scene. But these two disciples that we're going to be talking about, they're just mentioned in a, in a probably in a detailed way, just in this text. But when we, when we start reading this chapter, when we start reading these few verses... There's, there's quite a lot of regret. There's, there's like a, a deep sorrow, in fact. And, and maybe even an unexplainable feeling of hopelessness that, is, that, is, uh, that we see that these two disciples are carrying as they decide to walk out from Jerusalem where the rest of the disciples are. And, and they decide to, to go back to the town called Emmaus. And of course because there was, no, there was no Uber, there was no Zoom cars, there was no uh, Ola or, or even for that matter, no, no public transport. They decide that they're going to walk all these seven miles or, or about 12 kilometers. Let's read Luke chapter 24 and we, we, we dive into verse 13. The same day, two of Jesus' followers were walking to the village of Emmaus, seven miles from Jerusalem. As they walked along, they, they were talking about everything that had happened. As they talked and discussed these things, Jesus himself suddenly came and began walking with them. But God kept them from recognizing him. He asked them, what are you discussing so intently as you, walk along they stopped short sadness written across their faces then one of them Cleopas replied you must be the only person in Jerusalem who hasn't heard about all the things that have happened there the last few days what things Jesus asked sometimes Jesus can really ask you some interesting questions as as Jesus asked you a really interesting question in these recent times during the pandemic especially What things? Jesus asked. The things that happened to Jesus, the man from Nazareth, they said, he was a prophet who did powerful miracles and he was a mighty teacher in the eyes of God and all the people. But our leading priests and other religious leaders handed him over to be condemned to death and they crucified him. We had hoped he was the Messiah who had come to rescue Israel. This all happened three days ago. You know, there's a whole bunch of conversations that can happen uh, when you take a stroll or when you take a walk with your friends or or someone who you like hanging out with. I don't know if you if you remember those those really unique, those really special walks that you have had with, with your colleagues, with your friends, with your loved ones, uh, with your spouses. You know, it's it's interesting the kind of conversations that can just kick off if, you, if you're somebody who likes walking. For those of you who don't like walking, uh, I mean, I, I still hope you do like conversations because in this particular conversation, right, the most obvious part of this conversation was something that they really cannot avoid is that, Everything that had happened around them, you know, Cleopas and his friend, these are the two people that we're going to be talking about for most of this, this, this talk. Uh, and, and they can't comprehend, they, they're filled with sorrow, they're filled with grief because of everything that has happened around them and all that has happened to Jesus. I want to call this talk Reignited Hope. If there's somebody in this room, if there's somebody on this, on this, on this video call, uh, on, the, on this, sorry, video call. or there's somebody who's watching this video uh, who needs some hope right now, this is a talk for you. If there's someone in this chat right now, I want to tell you, this is a talk for you because we're going to be looking at this topic called Reignited Hope you know i was i was saying that most of the time that we're going to be looking at cleopas and his friend these two disciples of jesus you know they, they were so worried they were so so filled with grief because maybe they were there when jesus was brutally beaten up by the by the roman guards uh, you know, when he was asked to carry up that cross upon that mount, you know, when, when the Roman guards made Jesus wear the crown of thorns, they, they, they saw him bleed to death upon that cross. Maybe they saw how the religious leaders of that time, the scholars and all the political figures washed off their hands and allowed Jesus to go through that gruesome punishment and eventually his death. Maybe, you know, they were there to witness all of those things happening. And after these three days of all of this that's happening, they have been second guessing everything Jesus said or everything he did. And the best option that they want to resort to right now is go back to their familiar lifestyle. Go back to their hometown. Go back to where they came from. And to, to add to all of that, everything that all the disciples of Jesus had worked for. You know, Jesus uh, was there. He started off his ministry. He started off all the work that he did. The miracles, the teachings, uh, the, 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 the life that he did with his disciples. All of that that piled up in, the, in these three, three plus years had, had come to a standstill because there was no evidence of the resurrection that these guys had witnessed so far. It's funny that they, it's funny that in just a few verses above, somebody actually gets to know about Jesus and his resurrection. But these two people, they, they, they felt that everything was over. The hope that they had, that they waited for, the hope that they had longed for, they, they had no sign of it. Have you ever felt that way? You know, have you, have you ever been in a place where you've committed to something, you, you have been doing all the right things, in in your walk even as a Christ follower. You like like come on, let's let's get into it, okay? Like you've been attending these worship gatherings on a regular basis. I mean, I know we have been meeting online, but you have been faithful. You have been consistent in, in coming in, tuning in week in, week out for these online gatherings. You've been faithful. You've been even faithful in reading your scriptures, reading your Bible and and kind of praying every day. Like, come on, if you like reading the Bible on these digital apps, your version game is so strong. You know, you make sure that you don't miss out on a day. You've got those Bible reading plans on. On. You've been really doing everything possible in your capacity to make those right ticks, And, and you've been regular in listening to those podcasts. You've been regular in, in attending those connect groups. And everything that we need to do in order to mature and grow as Christ followers. You've been doing everything. Well, maybe not all of you. but But if that's you... And and if you've still been wondering that even after doing all of that, you still feel, what's the point of all of this right now? Because I don't see anything happening in my life or I don't see anything happening around my life. Have you ever felt that way? You've committed to something and yet you don't see the results that you really long to see. Maybe it is a similar conversation that these two guys are having while they're walking back to their town. And and what makes this conversation even more interesting is that Jesus joins in their conversation. Jesus joins in their conversation and, and now, you know, they, they, they're going to do something so interesting, something that we read. They're going to explain everything to Jesus about Jesus. That's so funny, you know, because, when, I mean, when I was... Reading this, I felt that's so weird. <laughs> that's that's so weird. But but then I kind of I kind of paused, and and I was like, I've done that as well. Like, have you ever tried to explain or lay out or, or uh, lay it all out before Jesus the the dilemma and and the problems before Jesus? Have you have you ever done that? <laughs> like, have you ever tried? To, to kind of talk to Jesus as if he's not aware of what's happening in your life? Like, God, don't you know about my relationships? Don't you know all the struggles that I'm going through when it comes to them? Like, don't you know about that? I'm, I'm in absolute need of this business deal going through. I'm in absolute need of, of me getting the job, of me getting this rise, of me making sure that I, I kind of do everything right at my workspace so that I don't run into another financial crisis or another hardship for my family. I mean, come on, God, are you not seeing all the things that I have to adjust, all the things that I have to do and, and all the things that I'm struggling through as I'm going through this pandemic? Are you not seeing what I am going through, God? And we make this, make this long explanations in our heads, in our minds, where we start explaining to Jesus about all the things that is wrong and all the things that are going on. And and that's what Cleopas and his friend are doing. We become so good at explaining about life to the author of life. What an irony, right? And, and, our, and, our, and in our minds, there that, that begins this banter. That it's like this banter machine that's constantly going on about how things are not falling in place. And, and what's not working out for me. That the problems that I'm going through and the challenges that I'm going through. And you know what the crazy part is? Jesus is patient through all of this with us. I've now, I don't know if you have experienced that, but I want to assure you of this. He's patient with you through all of these banters all of these all of these uh cries of your heart that maybe even the people around you don't know about and and he gives you his he gives you an ear he he listens he, he he not just listens he kind of acknowledges everything that you're going through maybe not in a way that you want him to but maybe in in a way that is best for you he knows how to acknowledge Jesus knows how to acknowledge the pain, the, the trouble, and, and the questions that you you have. And and Jesus, right, he kind of asks these very interesting questions, like I said sometime back. After questioning them, he's patient enough to listen to the things that are really weighing in on their hearts before he kind of steps in and starts speaking into your situation. And I, I wish I can be like Jesus sometimes, man. You know, when it comes to Learning the art of listening well. Because come on, I mean, I don't know about you, but sometimes I'm so quick to, to step into a, 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 a situation and kind of be the first one to give an insight or give a suggestion or to give an idea. And I was like, okay. And I was reading this. I was like, man, God, you really have a whole bunch of patience, a whole lot of patience, Jesus. Because, you know, because Cleopas and his friend, as they're walking, they're depressed. They, Like I said, they're filled with grief because they think that they have missed out on this resurrection experience of Jesus Christ. And they're feeling so discouraged. And they're like, what's the point of waiting, it back, waiting back in Jerusalem? They think it is all over. So it's like, let's pack up. Let's go. Let's go back home. Because eventually they think that all that they built up over these years, like I said, is, is kind of going into nothing. But I've got, some, I've got some news that I want to share with you guys. Like I said, you know, they, they missed out on the resurrection experience. They missed out on the resurrection encounter of, of, of Jesus in Jerusalem. I don't know if, you, if there are people right now that are listening, that are watching. You may have missed out on your moments of of your resurrection moments in some parts of your life but Jesus is good you know he is kind and Jesus is considerate enough to bring that resurrection moment to you wherever you are whatever situation you're caught up in Jesus is faithful is good and is kind enough to bring his resurrection experience to you it's funny, uh, I, was, I was bouncing off uh, some thoughts from, from my talk and, and we were reading this uh, passage together. Julie and me were reading this passage together and she, she asked me, you know, why was Jesus like, you know, keeping his identity all, all, all wrapped up? And, and I, got, I really got thinking about it. I read that text again. It's crazy, you know, if you, if you see that there's a whole bunch of disciples are waiting to see the resurrected Jesus. In Jerusalem yet Jesus goes after these two who have maybe almost given up on their faith I don't know who I'm talking to I don't know if you're on the words of giving up on your faith or you're in this confused state where you really don't know what's happening with whatever right decisions you are trying to take this is for you Jesus is considerate enough he is kind enough and he's good enough to to bring the resurrection experience to you because in your moments of loss and despair jesus wants you to experience his resurrection power and life if you missed out on that one i've got i want to say this again into your life into your situation In your moments of loss and in your moments of despair, Jesus wants you to experience his resurrection power and life. And even if that means walking those seven miles with you, even if that means through your times of difficult seasons, your times of loss, your times of pain and in your times of confusion, Jesus helps us encounter his truth, his way and his life for us. And and the way he does that is by bringing us back to the scriptures. Can you say that with me? Bringing us back to the scriptures. See, because that is the constant that even Jesus depends on. The word of God is the constant that even Jesus pulls these two disciples back to. And and he kind of, while he's walking with them, he kind of spells out the scriptures. And he helps them, uh, uh, all the things that are mentioned in the scriptures over Through the prophecies and all that had to be fulfilled about the promised Messiah. He kind of spells it out for them. You know, because sometimes we need to hear and see the things in the light of the eternal truth than just facts that appeal and are pleasing to our ears. As Christ followers, that's what differentiates us that we just don't go after the things that please our ears. But we look at things and hear things and see things in the light of the eternal truth that Jesus brings in and through his word. And Jesus, this is what he does. He he brings the disciples kind of up to speed of all that is mentioned in the scriptures and then decides to stick around with them in a maze. And this is where everything is about to change for Cleopas and his friend. Let's read Luke 24, the the same chapter, and we'll read from verses 28 onwards. By this time, they were nearing Emmaus and the end of their journey. Jesus acted as if he were going on. But they begged him, stay the night with us since it is getting late. So he went home with them. And they sat down to eat. He took the bread and blessed it. Then he broke it and gave it to them. Suddenly, their eyes were opened and they recognized him. And at that moment, he disappeared. They said to each other, did our hearts burn within us as he talked with us on that road and explained the scriptures to us? And within the hour, they were on their way back. To Jerusalem there they found the 11 disciples and the others who had gathered with them who said the Lord has really risen he appeared to Peter over a meal it's over a meal that Jesus you know breaks bread and and with them and it's in that moment when their eyes are opened in, in a few moments from now we're just going to be diving into our time of of Taking part in the communion table, our time of, of, of breaking the bread, our time of taking the cup and, and kind of really doing the act of, of, of communion. But I want us to focus on, on that moment where they recognize the resurrected Jesus. It's, it is at that communion moment. It is that that special moment between Christ and these two, disi- uh, two, two, two disciples. It's in that special moment where they, their eyes were opened. It's, it's no longer about just knowing Christ. It's about seeing Him and experiencing Him. Because here's something that I want to share with you. And, and if you're making notes, if you're if you're kind of really writing these things down, I want you to write this down. See the scriptures will help you know all the truths about Jesus. But it is the communion experience that helps you see the person of Jesus. And, and our, you know, the best part about us being Christ followers, right? We are not called to, to just read the scriptures for our intellectual understanding of God. But we need to craft out our personal times with Jesus. You know, when it comes to meditating on the scriptures, when it comes to taking our time to express uh, yourself and and express ourselves in worship and and maybe even joining along in, in a community to learn and build your faith. These are some of the practical ways where we learn to practice and build on our intimacy with Christ. It's a communion experience that helps you see the person of Jesus and experience the person of Jesus. And can I just say this? If you're waiting for the first week of every month to commune with God through the act of communion, you're missing the entire point. You're missing the entire point of why we even do communion. See, because your authentic intimacy with Jesus outweighs every religious checklist. I believe this is a season for us as followers of Christ to build on that authentic intimacy with him we have the responsibility to create those spaces of intimacy it's 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 up to us to build those habits of meditating on the scriptures of applying those scriptures in our circumstances in in those life situations which are beyond a church Scenarios which are beyond our Sunday gatherings, which are beyond our connect groups, which are beyond our, 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 you know, so-called religious or spiritual circles. It's time you and me learn to apply the truth and the power of the scriptures in our day-to-day life. Because out of that intimacy, out of that intimacy flows everything we desire to do for Jesus. Our skills, our talents, and everything we do for to, to build this community is a result of our intimacy with Jesus. It's an outcome. It's a result of, of our true, of our, of our authentic times that we craft and, and we build on that together. See, you know, one part of the day, Cleopas and his friend, they, like, like I said, maybe a few times, they, they were sad they, they were feeling hopeless and and maybe they were even burnt out because they felt they lost the chance of witnessing the promised redemption through Jesus you know they they thought that they had missed out on the fulfillment of the promise that Jesus had given to his disciples about the resurrection they 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 kind of they were so confused that 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 they thought that they're missing out on all of these, but what they were actually missing out on is their personal intimacy and, and the communion with the resurrected Christ. Let me say that again, the personal intimacy and, and the communion with the resurrected Christ. Because see, here's what happens. When we learn the power of, of, of mm-hmm. being with Christ, of, of experiencing Jesus, not just through some some. One, two, three, four kind of checklist pointers, but through our daily habitual intimacy, we are not somebody who, who just kind of know Christ from an intellectual perspective. Because in, in this case, Cleopas and his friend, they were... They were they were filled with hope again. They were they were as though reignited with hope because they were not just on the receiving side of hope. They became witnesses as what the Bible says. If you go back and read that entire chapter, it says that they became witnesses and they were the hope givers to other disciples. The first thing that they did is they, they got out of their place because they, they, they thought it's so important to go back and let their fellow friends know about the hope that was reignited in them. The hope that had been lost, the way they had been feeling, the way they had, their spirits, their souls were crushed. Jesus encountered them and reignited their hope. That is the power of a God encounter. This is what it says in verse 35 in that same chapter. Then the two from Emmaus told their story of how Jesus had appeared to them as they were walking along, along the road and how they had recognized him as he was breaking the bread. You see, Zellis, Jesus desires for all of us to be his witnesses. Be his witnesses for what? For, for, the, for the resurrection message. Be his witness for the redemption message for all humanity. And, and be his witness for the most radical love story between God and man. We need our own God encounters before we can be a witness for Jesus Christ. See, because a God encounter fuels hope in you and around you. Just like we read. They were not just the ones who who were filled with hope, but they were the ones who became the witnesses and, and they were the ones who became the hope givers to their fellow disciples, to the fellow people, to their homies, to their friends about the hope that they had received in Jesus. And I just want to tell you that if you feel that you have been missing out on the joy, if you have been missing out on your God-sized purpose, and if you have been missing out on this entire excitement of the faith that you have been having in Jesus Christ, and the faith that Christ brings, the hope that He brings, the assurance that Jesus brings, what you and me need is that we need to check on our intimacy with Christ. How are we doing on that? We need to learn and and we need to discipline ourselves to sit back and enjoy that communion experience with Jesus. Not just the act of doing communion, but the the habits, the practice and the routines of being with Christ. of, of, Of really allowing ourselves to seeing and experiencing the person of Jesus in every segment of our lives. Every segment of our lives. Otherwise, let me, let me just close out with this. Because if you we, if we really are ignorant about this, there's a high possibility for us being constantly weighed down in regret, constantly filled with grief and lost without any hope, even though you seem to be doing all the right things in your journey of faith. To be fueled with hope and encouraged with faith in Jesus, we need to learn to thrive in our personal God encounters. So don't hesitate. Don't don't allow the, the things that you keep doing from robbing you from that authentic intimacy that Jesus longs to have with you. We're so glad you've been listening in. If you'd like to know more about us, follow us on Insta at zealouspune or visit us online at zealous.community.